Hey, this is Pastor David. Thanks for plugging in today. I believe that this word from God will encourage you, challenge you, and help direct you toward your destiny. A new commandment I give unto you, Jesus said, that you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and understanding, and that you love your neighbor as yourself. Let's get right into the word. There's no one like our God, no one at all. Gave his son for us, Jesus the Lord. Who can love us like he does? Welcome all our listeners. Welcome our tens and tens of listeners. I'm sitting here with uh, my beautiful bride, Tanya Vidal. We are talking about a message that was released this Sunday called Now Is Your Time. If you're wondering which Sunday was this Sunday, it was July 24th. And we are talking about Now Is Your Time. If you haven't heard that message, please get on YouTube. So good. Thank you very much. Please get on YouTube and check that message out. I think you will greatly, greatly enjoy it. You know, time belongs to God. Do, would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, time time belongs to God. It, it's it's His time. In Acts seventeen twenty eight, it says, "For in Him we live and move and have our being." You know, that's that's what the Word says. It says, like, it's in Him. It's in Him that we live. It's it's in Him that we move. It's in Him that we find our our being. Right. We yeah. and that's interesting to me because we are human beings. A lot of people think we're human doers, but we're not human doers. We're, we're beings. Our job is to be. And it is in him that we live and move and have our being. I've been stuck in first and second Kings, just really, <laughs> just really, really enjoying it. So there's a story in second Kings somewhere around chapter 20 where, where Hezekiah is going to die. And the prophet says, you're, you're not going to live from this. You're, you're not going to make it. And, and he goes to the Lord, and he reminds God of his faithfulness. He reminds God, hey, I did all these good things. I've been living for you. I've been faithful to you. Uh, I've, I've been trusting you. I've been following after you. And then God promises him 15 more years of life. God gifts him 15 more years of life. And I know there's a lot of different things we can learn from that story, but in context, I think it just proves the point that it's God's time. It's God's time. God is the owner of time. Mm-hmm. He's the creator of time. He's not bound by time, but he's gifted us with time. Right. And that time can feel long. It can, it can feel short. But ultimately, it, it's God's time. And there's this really interesting idea that we talked about that, that time isn't something that we own. Because I think we all are under the impression that, like, well, how am I going to spend my time? What am I going to do with my time? And I don't think that really it's that it's our time. I think that it's God's time. And I, I believe that that God has entrusted us with time, that, that we're stewards over this gift of time. And yes, we've been given the freedom to to do with time as we please. We can we can go to the store, we can go to Disneyland, we can we can go play golf, we can we can do whatever we want with our time, right? Like our time. But ultimately we're going to be judged by what we did with our time. Right. And and that is that really bakes my noodle that that statement that you know we're going to be judged with with what we do with our time and that time is something that God's entrusted us that we're t- basically borrowing from God. And if I'm borrowing time from God, that means I've got to return it, right? Wow, it really makes me think like how what is it going to look like when I return it? 
you know, am I returning it with the tank full, basically? You know, what is this going to look like when I say, okay, Lord, here's the time you gave me. Here is this talent that you gave me. Did I bury it? Am I giving it to you like I found it? Or am I making something of it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting. You said something that um, I always think about, like, uh, defining character. Like what are what are these little things in life that we do that define someone's character? And I think there are three things that really define character. I think one is how you treat people who can't do anything for you. Mm-hmm. Two is what you do with the cart at the grocery store when you're done using <laughs> it. I think that's two. And three, um, honestly, how how you treat a rental car. Mm-hmm. I think that really shows like you know what what kind of character do you actually have? And you said, am I going to return it with the tank full? Right. And people are like, ah, I'll put a scratch on it or drive it like you stole it. You know, I rented it. Who cares? I got the extra insurance. Right. We're going to drive it up the curb. And um, you know, I was always taught that we treat rental cars like to to be the, you have to be more careful yeah. than you would with your own car. You have to be um, even especially careful. Right, because it doesn't belong to you. Because it doesn't belong to you. Exactly, because it doesn't belong to you. And so when we have this idea that time doesn't actually belong to us, and if we are um, people who are striving to be uh, Christians of good good moral character, good moral fiber, and we, we want to have high moral integrity, now we think, okay, I, so I'm borrowing this time. Right. I'm Somebody has... Has loaned me, or, or actually, the I think the I think the real word would be gifted. God has gifted us with time. What do we do with it? What do we, what do we do with this gift? How do we how do we represent this? Am I am I coming back with the tank full? Yeah. Or did I you know drive it like I stole it? Right. You know, just did whatever I wanted to do. Like man, I've I've never been able to go eighty on a surface street with potholes, but now that I'm in this rented car, I can do that. And sometimes that's how we kind of, we treat our life. Right. Well, you had mentioned in the message, like, we have one cheek on the throne if we think time is ours. Okay, let me explain that. Let me explain (laughs) that real quick. Because Pastor Tanya likes to say that it's a one-butt throne, okay? Totally is a one-butt throne. (laughs) So that was kind of a callback to something that you taught us, um, is that there's only room on the throne. I know it's weird to think about, um, you know, God's booty or whatever, but it's like, you know, it's, like, it's a one-butt throne, right? O- only, only God can be on the throne. And yes, time was entrusted to you, but to, but to treat time like it's something that I own solely, right? that, that I have sole control over, that, that's, having, that's having at least one cheek on the throne. Right. And so it really makes you think like, how am I, how am I doing that in other, like, what am I claiming as mine? Like, how am I doing that in, in ways in my life? And it really makes you think, my goodness, um, that doesn't belong to me, but I'm on assignment. And how am I, how am I handling my assignment? I've been put in this family. I've been put in this group of friends. They're not mine, but I'm on assignment with them. That's right. We've got a job to do. Yeah. We've got a job to do here on this earth. And some of our job is, yes, evangelism, teaching the other people about Jesus, reaching the lost. Like yes, that's learning true. Learning from... Yeah, learning, learning your Bible, mm-hmm. learning, learning the Word of God, raising up your children, Definitely. Uh, being a good husband, being a good wife. These, are all, these things are all part of your assignment. They're all part of your ministry. Right. But I just think, yeah, you know, in, in, at least in my day, uh, this, this day, <laughs> there are so many easy ways. And it was probably like this all the time. But I, I feel like technology has made it really, really easy to waste 
time. Oh my goodness. It's ridiculous. Do you get those notifications on your phone? I get it once a week. It says, here's what you've done with your phone this week, or here, here's your screen time this week. I don't want to know. I turned it off. I always have like, <laughs> I always have this, like this cold shiver that goes down my spine when that alert pops up. And it's like, here's how you spent your time this week. And I'm like, man, I, it's like, I hold my hand over my eyes, but my fingers are open so I can see through them. It's like, I don't really want to know how much time I spent. And especially if it says your screen time is up by five minutes a day or 10 minutes a day or 20 minutes. Like if it says up, I'm like, I'm in, I'm in a bit of a panic. You know, I'm like judging myself. If it's down, I'm I feel, you know, feeling a little prideful. Like, oh, hey, I, I didn't look at my phone <laughs> as much as I normally do. <laughs> but I always get, I always get this moment of panic when that when that alert pops up and i think it's like it comes up every sunday or something but <laughs> just um just real quick like off the off the top of your head um without thinking about it i'm kind of springing this one on you um without thinking about it top three time wasters go uh facebook um socials i guess any socials and then deleting spam <laughs> I can't it's so funny that you said that I can't tell you how much time I spend deleting spam and then I'm like I'll sift through the spam like do I mark this as spam do I just uh, unsubscribe and then when I unsubscribe I have to go to three different websites to do it right and it's the biggest lie ever right when that screen that says you've successfully unsubscribed oh no you're still getting those warranty calls oh, it's such a lie it's such a lie there's a uh, there's a lyric in a, a song that we sing, and I think it's an absolutely beautiful song, but there's a lyric in the song that, that we sing that says, uh, this time that I have left is all I have of worth. I lay it at your feet, Lord. It's less than you deserve. And it goes on to say, you gave your life for me, so I will live my life for you. Mm-hmm. So before, before we get on to, uh, I just, let me, let me chase this bunny for just a second. It says, I lay it at your feet, Lord. He's talking about this time that he's got left. Yeah. I lay it at your feet, Lord. It's less than you deserve. Now, I think on the surface, we can be like, oh, this is kind of a self-deprecating song. Um, this, this song is about like, oh, I'm such a worm. I'm not, I'm not worthy. But I, I, to me, that's not what I hear. Right. That's not what I hear when, when I hear these lyrics. I, I think it's a, it's a heart of humility going, you know, this is this, is this time that I have left. It's, this is what I've got. Of value, I recognize that my time is valuable. It's the only thing I have in this world that's of real value, and I wanna, I wanna give it back to you. Right. I wanna give it back to you, and that's exactly what he says. He says, "You gave your life for me, so I will live my life for you." Now, when we hear that, I think some people, especially like maybe younger Christians, they think. Uh, well, where, where's my place in the church? You know, not everyone is called to pastor a church. Mm-hmm. Not everybody is called to be a missionary. Not everybody's called to be a prophet to the nations. Some of us just want to work and, right. and live our lives and be a good Christian. I remember one of my, one of my favorite teachers, Norval Hayes. Do you remember old Norval? Yeah. Um, man, I love Norval Hayes. He taught us all about how to, how to deal with demons, uh, how to deal with the demonic, and he had some crazy crazy bold stories if you've never heard norval hayes you've got to get on and listen to some of his messages he he's got some old videos that have surfaced on youtube and uh, tons and tons of books and material but uh norval was um one of my heroes because he was just he's just a business guy he was when he was alive and he told the lord when he got born again he's like 
God, I just, I just want to work. I just want to work hard, and I want to, I want to manage these businesses. It's what I love to do. Um, God gave him the ability to this entrepreneurship. He made, you know, lots of money, and he was like, I, I want to support the church, and I want to, I want to give into ministry, and I, I just, I want to be that guy. I want that to be my role, and I'm just going to come on Sundays and pay my tithe and be cheerful and 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 be a happy Christian. Right. And so I think, um, you know, when when we think about, I want to live my life for God. We think about how can I do this? Do I have to become a missionary? Should I become a pastor? All, all these things, um, but but there's a whole there's a whole form of ministry that has nothing to do with like the the church model. And I I don't think the church model is broken. I don't think that it's right. wrong. I think it's healthy to go to church. Jesus said go to church. Jesus went to church. It's his habit. He said don't forsake the assembling of yourselves. He wants us to do that. But I don't think we should pigeonhole our view of what ministry is to the Sunday morning worship picture. So what are some ways that you or or we, like the collective we, what are, what are some ways that, that we can live for God every day that might not be so obvious, right? Like being a pastor is an obvious way, or being a missionary might seem like an obvious way. But what are some ways that we can live for God every day? That might not be so obvious. Um, I think, you know, just generally in the workplace, doing your best all the time, volunteering to do those things that nobody else wants to do, um, noticing the people around you and encouraging them and, you know, bringing food to people who are sick or, you know, helping your neighbor pick weeds out of their garden, just being that light, that person that other people want to be around, being a draw, like Jesus was a draw people were drawn to him i think when we can be like jesus out in the public that is such a great way to just represent and shine him kindness is free exactly kindness is free Mm -hmm. and like you said to, to be a light that armor of light so then when we go out and we are the light of god when we are the reflection of god that is that is like our 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 armor right and you know in order to in order to be able to offer that we have to get out of those time wasters. You know, if you're in the line at Walmart, don't be on Facebook. Yeah, exactly. Like be be present. Yeah, and be, available. Yeah, yeah. I think there's another really good lesson there. Maybe doesn't have anything to do with, with biblical things, but just the idea of not having to have your mind be entertained all the time. Right. Just the ability to just be where you are and be present with, you know, nobody loves being bored, but I think there's something healthy about being present with boredom. You know, if you're in line at the DMV, do you have to immediately take up your phone and start, start doing the scroll, deleting the spam? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, it's, it's really a, a cool balance to keep one ear in the kingdom for what God's doing and one eye on the world for where would you send me? Mm. Oh, that's interesting. That's like an interesting contrast too, because it's like kind of demands you to to be in a couple worlds at once. Yeah, which is kind of how it is for believers. Yeah, and you need your brain space to do it. Yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, some of those not obvious ways. You know, Mother Teresa said, "Don't tr- don't strive to do big things. Just right. do little things every day with great love." Right. Right. And so, um, again, talk about these these. These lessons, these old, old lessons, they be, they're so old and they're, they're, they're so uh, prevalent that uh, we, we just, we think they're, they're cliche or they're, um, you know, they're trite. That's not trite. No, and it's timeless. It's timeless, in my opinion, and yours too, I w- it would seem, that we should 
we should do these every everyday little things with with great amounts of love and let our light shine let it be as our armor you know sometimes i run into believers who insist on saying god told me this yeah god god told me that like you can't you can't have one conversation with them they're like god told me to eat cheerios this morning <laughs> and then and then like i was going to have an apple but then god told me to to eat grapes instead or i was driving in my car and um you know, I, I was thinking about going to this store and God told me to go to this, this other store or like, like it's like every little thing, or you try to compliment them. You're like, Hey man, nice shirt. And they're like, Oh, you know, it's not me. It's God. And you're <laughs> always like, wear it. <laughs> you're like, uh, okay, that shirt's not that cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if God told you to wear it, like, so, and I, I get that, you know what I mean? I get it. And it is exciting when we start hearing God's voice and we start hearing like the leading of the Holy Spirit. One of the other things that I think is interesting before I ask you this question, one of the things I think is, is always interesting is um, the, you know, these individuals who are constantly saying, well, God told me this and God told me that. Um, it seems to me like God's always telling them stuff that they agree with <laughs> or, stu- or, right? or stuff that they want. They wanted to do anyway. Yeah, it was like, man, I, I wanted to go shopping. And then, well, God told me to get on Amazon and start shopping. And then I found a great deal on this thing. And well, yeah, maybe, maybe God led you to a great deal. And, and you know, I believe that he, he works in those ways. But it's like, is God always good? Because my relationship with God, <laughs> like when I talk to the Holy Spirit, I, I look, he's my friend. Mm-hmm. And I have, I, I have no problem reaching out to the Holy Spirit and talking with him. I, he's, I, I love to talk with the Holy Spirit, but you better believe I do it with a sense of trepidation because right. he challenges me. Um, he challenges the way I think he, he changes my mind about things that I didn't want my mind to be changed mm-hmm. about, you know, and it's not always, Hey, I'm going to lead you to do the things that you already wanted to do. Right. A lot of the times it's the things I don't want to do, like don't want to do, but I'm like, Okay, Lord, I'll do it, you know. Yeah, exactly. shaking, but leaning on him. Yeah, and, and you know, for those of you who don't know, um, Pastor Tanya and I do our best to stay as involved in the world as possible. When we got, in, when we got called into uh, ministry, especially senior leadership, it's like when you go out into the world and people find out that you're a pastor, it's like all of a sudden they're like, oh, oh sorry for saying all those cuss words. Brick wall. Yeah, and... and um, you know, they start filtering their conversations. Um, and, and, you know, at first I was a little offended by, by that. Uh, now I kind of get it, mm-hmm. right? Now, now, I, now I get that it isn't just that people are putting on. It's when, when they're in the face of righteousness, not to say that, like, I am the, the face of righteousness, but when they're around righteousness, it just, it calls, it calls you higher. It calls you. To, in fact, um, Mary was telling me a story this Sunday uh, where they did this um, test, this um, this psychology test where uh they had the 10 commandments on the on the uh board and everybody took a test okay and then which had nothing to do with the 10 commandments they were just on the board and everybody took a test and then they said okay you can correct your own test and the teacher had them everybody correct their own test they found that like less than five percent of the people cheated wow so then they had a different group come in and they took the Ten Commandments off the wall, and they had people take a test, and then they said, okay, go ahead and self-correct your test. They found more than 50% of people cheated on the test. Isn't that amazing? So it was just having the Word of God. It was just having righteousness in front of them 
that was called nobody talked about it the teacher didn't point it out mm-hmm. nobody said anything about it it was just present mm-hmm. and so i get that i get that sometimes just you know people find out that we're believers right. and and they talk differently but here here's my point i often ask people you know either why they they're not going to church or what church they're going to or what they like about church and it seems to me that people who are on the fence about God or who don't know about God, when they, when they approach others who insist on saying, God told me this and God told me that, and everything they say, maybe God did tell you. Maybe he did. But do you have to tell the other person that God told you? You know, like on every, on every single occasion. Because it comes across as weird. It comes across as weird. That's exactly my point. That's exactly my point, that people are like, man, I don't, look, I'm not necessarily opposed to learning about God, but if if learning about God means that I have to go around telling everybody that God told me this and God told me that, and, you know, that I, I can't accept a compliment anymore, and, you know, everything is, so we just get weird. Yeah, it, it's not just weird, but it, it feels, like, not authentic. Exactly. It, it doesn't feel authentic. And so, that and that that's really where, where I was trying not so gracefully to to get us <laughs> is how can we live for God without becoming weird? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, that is like the question of the century, right? How how do we live for the Lord without because Christians we do have kind of our own language sometimes and and our own way about things. So yeah, part of us we we should be separate. But we don't have to get creepy or weird or woo-woo, right? And, and how, gosh, how do we do that? I just guess staying true to who we, who we are, who he created us to be. So we don't have to justify everything we do with, oh, the Lord saith and um, God told me to do this and just say, hey, man, this happened and it was awesome and I'm blessed and you know, I always say when something cool happens, I don't say, oh, the Lord led me to this. But I do say I'm God's favorite. Sure. <laughs> sure. You just be your, just being yourself. Yeah. Just, just being yourself. Look, how do we be Christian and not be weird? How do we be followers of Jesus and not get weird? And I think it's really just be you and let God shape it. Oh, that's interesting. It, because God and but we have to be um, willing to be shaped in real time. And so that means we have to say, oh, yeah, I thought that way. And I was wrong. And here's what God says about it. So we have to be willing to do that. Or, yeah, I used to do these things, but I realized that that is not pleasing to the Lord. So I cut it out of my life. And we have to be willing to be wrong and to admit we're wrong and to be humble enough to say to people who call us out on it, hey, you're different. Yeah, I am. I'm following God now. This is how I follow God. Um, and he's shaping me. Yeah, and I just think it's so important that we don't become Christians who wear costumes. Right. That we don't look at somebody else. Like, let's say, you know, say somebody looks at, at us, for example, like because you know we're behind the pulpit, and they go, "Oh, I guess that's how that's how Christians dress, because that's how Pastor Dave dresses, or that's how Pastor T dresses, <laughs> um, you know, or that's how." And and you know, God wants to be. I think you said um, one time, long time ago, uh, God wants the the youest you possible he loves the the uist right he knew what he was doing when he created you he knew what he was doing he knew what you would like he knew what you would dislike he knew if you wanted to have pink hair for instance and one person's going to come up and say oh you should have your natural hair because pink hair doesn't glorify god but god made you creative and that's how you express 
express your creative. And it may not be for them a right thing, but for you, it's you living to the fullness of what God created in you. Right. So the the negative of that mm-hmm. is I see you, and you don't have pink hair, but let's say you did. <laughs> I see you with pink hair, and I go, oh, well, Christians have pink hair. I'm going to... I'm going to make my hair pink. Right. Right. That's not being authentic. Right. That's not being the USDU. And I get it. Like sometimes it's important, you know, Paul said, follow me as I follow him. So sometimes it's important, you know, uh, my son wanted to be just like me. If I walked this way, he would walk this way. If, you know, um, there were times where we were at the dinner table and he'd have a food that he's never seen before. And he would look to me and he'd be like, dad, do we like this? And I'd be like, yes, we like that. And he'd be like, okay. And that settled it for him. Like, he, he liked it. So there is a, there is a point where we, we emulate. Right. Right, where we go, okay, these are, these are the things that I want to emulate and the, the things that I want to be like. But eventually, we have to become our own. We're bringing our hearts to God. And, and it may not look like the other person, but guess what? It's not supposed to. You're created to be you. And there's room for you in the kingdom. And God speaks your language so just bring yourself uh the authentic you that you are like you're placed in your job because you're you and you have an assignment there so if you're trying to act like somebody else you're not going to get that assignment finished you're not going to be the best at that assignment as you could be when god designed you to be how you are so go in there and just be you but be you for him you make an excellent point. Thank you. So Tanya and I have been talking about this message that was delivered called Now Is Your Time. Uh, if you haven't heard it yet, it's available on YouTube. It was delivered July 24th. And we hope that you enjoyed going a little bit deeper into the things of God. Thanks again for listening. Without your faithful support, we wouldn't be able to do the work that God has called us to. If you know someone who would be blessed by what you just heard, please pass this along. At Strong Towers, we believe that you are a unique expression of God's love and creativity, and we consider it an honor to be a part of your journey. This is all I